Mic check one two one two. Mic check one two one two. Yes, sir. Welcome back. What's happening, y'all? This is the Fire This Time podcast. As always, we're here to give you that every week. And this is episode 46. Yes. Big folks, six out here for y'all today. So, you know, yeah, going to greet the people. How was your week, Aki? My week was all right. You know what I'm saying? I um, had a little event that I had to go to. I've been hibernating for a minute, but uh, I stepped out a little bit, saw the town, and, uh, you know, probably spent more money than what I got them needed to, but I, <laughs> but I went and did it. And, uh, you know, it was a pretty nice week, work week. You know, I'm waiting for this weather to really clear up. You know what I'm saying? The heat need to come. The yeah. heat needs to come. It's stalling, you know what I'm saying? It's stalling. You know, Mother Nature is letting us know she do what she wants. Yeah, I had, a, I had a good week, too. You know what I'm saying? Saturday, watched the Earl Spence uh, Ugas fight. You know, enjoyed that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, had a good week. You know, we got another another uh, one ahead of us that, we you know, we tuning into. But, uh, I mean, so what are we going to talk about today, Aki? We're going to talk about a lot of different things today. You know, we're going to talk about uh, this, uh, this acquirement by Elon Musk to try to acquire Twitter. Yep. You know, he's trying to get the whole damn thing, he said. You know what <laughs> yeah. And he got the paper to do it. Yeah, and the pushback that he getting from it, from some uh, you know very uh, you know, uh, how would you call it? I key, uh, uh, questionable uh, sort uh, questionable places. He getting questions from a lot of questionable places for a lot of weird questionable things that some of these people need to engage in themselves. But anyway, and we also gonna talk about that uh, you know, the little fire that started on Twitter this weekend, you know, or this week I should say. You know, with uh, Tashina Arnold and her comments and questions, more of a question uh, that she presented to the uh, the black uh, female community. Yeah, it's the question on emasculation that definitely had its uh, ha- had a long time on top of the Twitter. You know, what I'm saying conversation list. You know, it was banging. Uh, yeah, was banging on there. You know, definitely. She wasn't, but they were. But uh, before we get to that, Aki, you know, we got a few things we want to start out with. Uh, thank you for that introduction, though. Uh, first off, we got to say R.I.P. DJ K. Slay, the drama king. Slay. And, um, you know, I first encountered him, you know what I'm saying, when my uncle, my freshman year of high school, handed me a Pat Poose mixtape, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the first time I turned, you know, mixtape on, heard K. Slay's mm-hmm. voice. I probably heard him before Pat Poose, you know, and Pat Poose was my favorite rapper during high school. If you it's K-Slay joint, you're going to hear K-Slay before you hear the reaction. <laughs> you're going to hear. That's the DJ's way. Right. You know? I mean, you know, K-Slay, man, he definitely put a lot of people on. I mean, very known locally in New York. You know, he was on the radio. Um, but and he was on the radio, and he also would put your track on the radio. You know? So if you was up and coming and you had some hot shit, he'll play, he'll play your track, you know? And eventually he started, you know, doing his little album stuff. So we got DJ K. Slade from back in the day, starting off, I believe, as a, I heard as a, a graffiti artist. Yeah. And then you just said he did radio. Yeah, he was ahead of a little radio spot. He actually DJed for real. Yeah. And he was a mixtape host. Yeah. So we seen him do a lot, you know what I'm yeah. saying, in hip hop. Yeah. Really expanding what a DJ does and can do. Uh, I, I would probably say he came at the second golden era. Mm-hmm. Once we put on the nine second golden era, but he came at that point where hip hop was really like popping, like clothing lines, movies, everything. Yeah, you know would you say his height was like the early to mid two thousands? Early, 
I would say late nineties. Okay. Mid two thousands. Gotcha. Um, you know what I'm saying? I I encountered him early mid two thousands. That's why I was wondering when was his height, you know what I'm saying? Because he was hot he was hot on I the mean, underground. Uh in Yeah, the, he's always gonna be hot on the underground because right. he did mixtapes. Right. You know, but like um he did like two albums, I do recall. I think he may have did more. Right. But he was at a time when like hip hop was really just like just talking about like ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one. You know, he was coming out, um, at that same time, yeah, people like DJ Capri still making albums. DJ Paul was making albums, you know, and just featuring a lot of MCs on it. They wasn't even necessarily rapping. They were just featuring MC, uh, MCs. So like DJ drama type stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like he started doing in the mid-2000s, early 2000s. So, um, but yeah, he was um, he was definitely a force, you know what I'm saying? And uh, he, he, he had respect, especially amongst, and he had respect amongst West Coast rappers too. Cause I think he may have did a couple of little mixtapes with some West Coast rappers, some lyri- some lyrically inclined West Coast rappers. For sure, for sure. Yeah, you know. yeah. So again, you know, what I'm saying, rest in peace. He was only uh, in his 60s. Wow. So I think in his early 60s. Mm-hmm. So uh, if I, if I'm if I'm getting the, the info correct, forgive me if not. But um, so yeah, I mean, anything else on that, Aki? Nah, man. You know, what I'm saying we just, you know, we, you know, we uh. Where did he go from? You know what he went from? I think from? it was COVID. Oh. Yeah, I think oh, it was COVID. Okay. I mean, and, and he had been battling that for a few months. Yeah, see, COVID got another one. If, if you know, that's the case, got another one. But, uh, yeah. you know, condolences to the family. Yeah. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? If you got case in your in your rotation or in your archives, you know, give him a play. Oh, yeah, that's what I was doing. on. I was I came back from Indy this morning. Mm. And I was running back them old Papoose mixtapes, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. with, you know, K-Slay doing a lot and of that. go back on CDs? Oh, no, a lot of the Papoose mixtapes is actually on Apple Music. Okay, oh, yeah, that's so what's up. I found them, you know what I'm saying? That's but, what's up. I, 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 my ass, I'd be up in there looking at, trying to read the writing on the blank CD. You know, they never write the name fully out. So you right. got to go in there and look at it. I bought a bootleg. Yes, but, sir. But, you know, but, uh, you now, know. Uh, we're going to stay in hip-hop real quick, Aki. Uh, Kendrick Lamar. Just announced today that he's dropping his next album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, on May 13th, which is my birthday, Taurus Baby. So, uh, yeah, definitely a present for me and definitely a present for hip-hop as well. Be quiet for a minute. Oh, yeah. I think they said about three, four, five years since he dropped his last one. I'd hate to say the good artists always take about three, four years to get you something. Yeah, I think it's going to be five. And uh, his last album, of course, uh, what I consider, you know, another classic, damn near. Uh, I, I, I think, you know, damn, I, I probably have to wait a little bit longer to consider it that. But we can certainly say his first album and I was and a sec, and a second album is, is hip hop classics as far as what he did on them. And I mean, I would say, you know, them other works too. Untitled on Masters. I don't know if that's a classic, but certainly, you know, that next one, damn. I definitely put it there uh, in the running for for well, classic. So the second one was better than the first one. So if the third one is better than the second one, the first one, you know, you doing you, you doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah, this is I, this is so this would be his fourth major album. Okay. Then. Yeah. So Good Kid, Mad City, To Pimp a Butterfly, Damn, and now uh, this one, uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Good Kid, Mad City. Oh yeah, bro, you gonna like that one. You gonna like that one. If you, if you, I mean, you definitely heard some songs from. I probably heard some songs. Yeah, but I probably didn't listen to the album. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something to that. wait for, though. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready. I'm ready for that. We need some new hip hop circulating around. Some new, you know. I liked his flow. You know, he gave me that. He gave me that. He gave me my era's my era's essence. So yeah, and we we might be getting a single before that. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So that's we'll see. That's what's up. And you know, too. Now you know what I'm saying. We're gonna go ahead and just jump into something real uh funky a little bit. Um, Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. You know, Elon Musk is out here acquiring shit as he normally does. And I guess now he got his eye on Twitter, you know, uh, for some reason, he feels the need to get acquired Twitter from uh, what did he say again? He said to uh, make sure I'm correcting what he said. Hold on. He said he, he sees Twitter as a platform for free speech around the globe. The, the free speech platform. Yeah, you know I had to look at that twice, Haki. <laughs> wow so thus far he's bought 10 percent of the company and he's doing it with this kind of fresh speech type yeah. of appeal yeah. and he put in an offer recently to buy the company 100 percent of the company yeah. uh at a 54 percent premium mm. uh above i guess what it's, it's rated at so so uh so yeah what, what i found kind of ironic or hypocritical i should say was you know he sees it as this free speech company but uh, you know he's trying to take it private. Yeah. You know, I you know maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't understand the business side of it as much as others. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But like, uh, there's a connotation. There's a there's a connection there. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Between taking a, a business private, yeah. where you know public shareholders have less of a say. Yeah. Um, and I and I, I don't know. I, I guess I, th there are certain progressives that we've seen in the media yeah. that are you know see more promise in that and see you know and. Uh, but I don't know, Aki. What do you think? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's just amazing. You know, you know, you want to talk about free speech, but then you also are, you want to make the company private. Um, that means that there's always a possibility that you can always alter what you have on there and monitor and censor what you have on there um, to your whims and what you like. Whereas you make it public, you sort of have that 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 public access and public demand that you have to me at the same time too that free speech can also go haywire you can allow anything on there but, so, and, and when we say it's public I guess that's also kind of oxymoronic or whatever just some extent yeah because it's like it's only the richest that's going to have an actual say yeah. you know what I'm saying as a shareholder yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying you gotta, you gotta have so much percentage you know what I'm saying bought in which is you know hundreds of thousands million well really yeah. millions of dollars talking about Twitter yeah so, uh, I mean, no, he, he's offering billions, I believe, to buy Twitter. Oh, yeah. Billions. So, uh, and he got it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Richest man in the world, they say right now. You know he what I'm saying? He got it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, the funniest shit I've been seeing this week with Elon Musk is, uh, this people, <laughs> people saying he's African American because yeah, yeah. he's from South Africa. Yeah. And I forget, was it Henry? Henry? I forget, but the is a uh, black politician that's right. running for office yeah, in Georgia. And, and endorsed by Trump in Georgia. That oh you know, it, it gets off on saying that you know Elon Musk is African American. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the hell that's talking about. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm like this. It's just a, it's it's a, a man with money who's trying to make power moves. You know, um, Elon Musk is like everybody else. You know, it's trying to you know solidify as much. You know. Um, you know what I'm saying? Power in a world where the people's power is at some extent is at its weakest. You know? 
it's and, more it's more tamed right now. And social media is increasingly about advertising. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So that's money for him. He he get he get ten times more rich. I get oh. right, right. And I, I think that's you know pr- probably a less spoken about aspect of it. But yeah, this shit that shit largely about advertising. And, you know, and I you know just like when when the Cuban Revolution popped off, what did Fidel Castro and them do? They nationalized certain industries. Yeah, and that's not that's not the that doesn't mean they publicly traded on the stock market. You know what I'm saying? They're controlled by the people through a people's government. And I think social media. This is probably my most commie view. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I think social media should be nationalized by, well, really by a government of the people that, you know, the American government isn't exactly that, you know what I'm saying? But I guess I am speaking theoretically or looking toward the future, but, you know, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a country ran by the people and a nation ran by the people, social media is one of the institutions that, you know, should be looked at as being uh, nationalized, uh, you know, that, you know, especially if the government is a true instrument of the people. And uh, of course, some anarchists are, are cringing because they don't think that's possible. But uh, even in that, you, know, you can have people to say within the government concerns them, what they um, put on there. Um, I mean, I mean, you know, when I give thought to it, um, I don't know if I want government controlling it. Difference between a righteous government. And the government we got today, right? And that's my distinction as well. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, I know I'm not. In control. I'm not. I'm definitely not in agreement with someone privately owning it. You know, private ownership of certain things like that, to me, just is. If uh, if it was nationalized, would we allow advertising dollars to alter what the algorithms are doing and put it in front of people? And and they're trying to make it seem like this is a reflection of popular opinion, the things that get put in front of their face through the algorithm. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's part of the threat here, right? I mean, Elon Musk will be in control of the Twitter algorithms yeah. to a sense. You know what I'm saying? And, of course, you can, you know, technology allows for a way to hide bias, yeah. hide racism, hide ill intent. Yeah. You know, and I think that's where a lot of the danger come from, my key. Let's see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Shoot. Um, like I say, he got the bread to get it, but he getting a lot of pushback. You know, um, he getting a lot of pushback from other billionaires and millionaires who, you know what I'm saying, I think to some extent either, either, they, either they, don't want an, they don't want the competition. Do you think on social media there should be some level of content moderation? Because, I mean, we watched some new segments on this, Aki, and what it was drawn, I mean, what they draw comparison to, I mean, their conversation was uh, without content moderation, it's, uh, it's, 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 it leads to tyranny or it leads, you know, uh, but, you know, I, I guess there is part of me that says there needs to be some type of content moderation. Yeah, yeah, because there's some stuff that, you know, we got to remember that Twitter you know, whether we like to believe it or not, underage have access to Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so yeah. And then too, we got to think about what we want just circulating around our society. There's some conversations on Twitter now. I'd be looking at like, what is this phone? You know, 
but at the same time you know you 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 go back into that mind state of uh well you know people got the right to say what they want to say but at the same time it got to be some moderation because some shit you say on twitter can get you guilt in real life there got to be algorithms running these programs that's inevitable oh, yeah. you know oh, what yeah. i'm saying oh, yeah. so, you're gonna hear all the drama before you hear all to see all the good so but think about china and there's the social media there is more nationalized yeah you know what i'm saying i i don't know i don't have an in-depth knowledge of how it works there mm. but you know i i have heard that on tiktok for instance people the users of tiktok are showing more educational videos mm. things that have uh, a little bit more uh meaning you know what i'm yeah. saying uh, positive like content to them. Yeah, and, and, and I could see that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, they got I mean, you know, of course, because some stuff, damn, that you see on uh, TikTok is borderline nudity. <laughs> and, 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 and some of the, uh, you know, some of the ideas you see on um, Twitter sometimes just straight crazy. So, you know what I'm saying? Um, and dangerous. So, you know, I, I, I do think it needs to be some form of um, moderation in it I just don't know what that would look like right now yeah yeah. You know, I don't know what that would look like right now but shit it's good to touch base on it now because that's a, a a conversation that for the rest of our lives will increase in intensity yeah as more life takes place on digital media social media mm-hmm. then that conversation of content moderation and uh, you know some people's ability to be perceived and seen, some opinions, some frames of thought mm-hmm. are going to be suppressed yeah. on social media mm-hmm. uh, through the algorithm and through control of the algorithms. You know, and we're experiencing that. We've seen a movement, you know, be supported by the algorithm and thus yeah. become leaders in Black yeah. Lives Matter. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's interesting, Aki, at the say, you know, so. You know, it's something to keep an eye on, you know. Uh, you know, but to stay, you know, on, I guess, this conversation about what the richest are doing and how people are, are resisting the richest, the oligarchy, yeah. right? We can look at Chris Smalls, you know, yeah. provide an update on what Chris Smalls is doing with the Amazon labor union. We told you and y'all Chris Smalls going to mess the, with him. And, and the rest of the union, you know what yeah. I'm saying? He, he's one member and he's a leader within it. He's just the face of it right now. Right. And, uh, but, you know, shout out to all the people on the ground that's part of the union yeah. that's, you know, been part of from the jump that is also doing the work. Yeah. But uh, Chris Smalls appeared on Fox News and was interviewed by Tucker Carlson, mm-hmm. right, about you know, what was supposed to be centered and, re- and kind of was on the Amazon labor unions victory uh, that they had in future, you know, campaigns that they were engaged in. Tucker Carson, of course, he tried to pose it more so as a uh, attack on AOC, yeah. Alexandria uh, Cortez, the, yeah. the so-called progressive uh, politician. What he was calling a Sandy. Yeah, I, I don't even know what that's about. Maybe I, I was I was thinking about SpongeBob. I was yeah, thinking about yeah. <laughs> the squirrel, the squirrel on SpongeBob. Oh wow, wow! I, that's where your mind went. That's I, I. I mean, I didn't know where Sandy came from. Aki, I don't know. <laughs> but hey, hey, hey! But he called her Sandy, right? Disrespect, but uh, or pun, I should say. But uh, yeah, go ahead, Aki. Uh, I mean, yeah, Tucker Carlson is anti-union. You know, yeah. some conservatives that are have it out for progressive company owners. They're pro-union when it's a who they see as a woke company. Yeah. Then they're going to be pro-union. So Tucker Carlson was playing like a pro-union supporter with Chris Malls on the interview. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, because I guess they perceive Elon, I'm not Elon Musk, but uh the Jeff Bezos, the yeah. owner of Amazon and the company Amazon that's like woke or progressive. Yeah. Neoliberal. Which I, I think might just be control that 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 might just be, you know, some type of fake shit they're putting up there because, you know, they're on the same team. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like these motherfuckers are on the same team. Yeah. But you know what they gonna put on the, the news media? You know, is, of course, meant to confuse. <laughs> but um, but I mean, I, long story short, I key, people were coming at Chris Smalls for participating in the interview. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and it was doing it saying you know one viral tweet, viral tweet said this isn't it. Uh, you know, subliminally pointing out that. You know, Chris Smalls participating on a racist network with a racist like Tucker Carlson. This yeah. isn't it. I guess critiquing his leadership, but saying that he shouldn't have done that. Yeah. And uh, uh, so what do you feel about that, IQ? I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like touch, man. You know, we knew he was going to get critiqued. We said he was going to get critiqued last week. We understand, you know what I'm saying? Um, one, he's a black man. Two, he's organizing a union. Um He's going to get pushback. You know, right now the union, um, they're fighting. You know, they still got uh, obstacles in front of them. You know, um, as he was saying, you know, they have a vote like next week across the like uh, next building right across the way from them. You know what I'm saying? And then they got some other things they got to handle with the victory that they already have had. So, you know, uh, it's just it's just it's just those simple attacks. You know what I'm saying, and then too, I always say, like you or like you said, they on the same damn team anyway. Hi, yeah, him being on that show is it, it's serving an interest for Tucker Carlson. At the same time, it he got his own thing going on in his mind. You know what I'm saying? He working it from his own angle and stuff like that. Um, like you said, he's trying to you know more throw a shot at Jeff Bezos in that community because of what he sees Jeff Bezos representing. Um, it's messed up that they're trying to use a brother. You know what I'm saying? Tough. You know what I'm saying? In, in the middle of that, he represented himself well, though. Yo, he held his shit down. Mm-hmm. He he been staying on code. You know what I'm saying? And he ain't did shit wrong. You know, so um, I think that you know he been you know saying um um you know walking the walk, doing the talk. You know what I'm saying? He hadn't uh, changed his persona. He seems real, and he seems to be real about the work. You know what I'm saying? So they definitely going to come at him. You know, we know that. You know, they're going to come at him because he's the face of that movement right now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he, you know, it was uh, it's other people there doing the work, too. But, you know, because he's the face of it, they're going to be the one he shoot at. You know, we seen what they did last week when we dealt with the story last week. They tried to make him like he was inferior and. And you know, just some. I mean, Amazon straight up called them uh, thugs. Yeah, you know, what I'm uh, saying? So. Uh, unintelligent, unartic- unarticulate. Yeah. So you know, I mean, when you start throwing out shit like that, it ain't no reason. You know, it don't it doesn't seem uncommon for us to see what he doing. Right. What they doing? You know. Yeah. So shout out Chris Smalls. I I, I know a big part of uh, Tucker Carlson's critique of Amazon was also that uh, it's progressive or it's woke in the sense that. It it tries to uh, support, I guess, all the different minority movements. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, rights movements. Yeah, including like the LGBTQ movement, feminist movement, minor like uh, ethnic minority different uh, movements. Asian, you know, Asian, African American, so on. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I mean, I think it's worth pointing out that, you know, Tucker Carlson, of course, is wrong here that, you know, they don't make these companies progressive. Yeah. I mean, Amazon is a, is a great example. You know, they might say they support black people during Black History Month yeah. or whatever the bullshit they're going to yeah, do. But that, that, it's virtue signaling, though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because look how they're mistreating black workers in the factories, yeah. as Chris Malls attests to in his labor organizing. Yeah. So it's, it's foolishness, I think. I mean, you know, uh, it's just, you know, I mean, like I said, I knew the attack was going to come on the brother. I knew the attack was going to come on the movement. It's a union movement. Mm-hmm. You know, um, unions are... They're never really embraced to me by major corporations. Um, they've never been embraced by major corporations because corporations could do what they want to do. This is pivotal, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, as far as what Chris Smalls and them is doing, because Amazon is going to grow in power. And, and Amazon is going to continue its growth and taking over so much of the consumer marketplace. Yeah. I mean, we we talk about Amazon. We're not just talking about one or two different little industries. Yeah, it's not just books. Yeah, or clothing yeah. that they're involved they in. They in everything. They in everything. We're talking about Amazon has a percentage of the consumer marketplace. Yeah. I mean, they already have the consumer marketplace to me under locks. Yeah, and, and you know, increasingly it's growing. Yeah, you know, the only thing they don't control is the distribution. That's it. They don't. They don't. They're they're not. They're not able to move their products across country, they still are using third parties to move their products across country. But they're getting to the point oh, where I, they can build that infrastructure. I remember... Or buy one out. I remember Amazon being popular, and then Amazon got Amazon Prime and the Amazon delivery services across mm-hmm. the country in, in so many cities. Yeah. We, now you got Amazon vans, Amazon trucks mm-hmm. delivering. So... They might not have that interstate, you know what I'm saying, yeah. uh, uh, distribution or cross-country yeah, distribution. The interstate. Yeah, the interstate but, distribution is solid. But, yeah, locally and whatnot, yeah. I mean, it's serious. I mean, they build, they, build the, they build small distribution centers around that can distribute to maybe four or five different, I mean, well, maybe even 15 different counties. And then, um, but, like, say, for instance, where they're sending semis in, and out mm-hmm. of their own hub and flying and shipping. They ain't there yet. But they got the money to buy them. For, like they can buy. There's a lot of companies that exist right now that they could buy and do that. For sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, you're exactly right, Aki. And I mean, yeah, I think some people in government are pushing for the United States Postal Service to become privatized. Yeah. So, I mean, this private move is going to open up more and more possibility for a giant to come in like Amazon and get a major, major stake. In the next 10 or 20 years, they could buy up FedEx and UPS. Like I said, Amazon is the new world. And, you know, they got the, uh, they even got the Washington Post. You know, that's owned by Jeff Bezos. You know, you know what I'm saying? And it, it, Amazon also, Amazon Web Services or whatever runs a lot of the cyber security and cyber type of. Uh, digital type of processes for the intelligence agency Mm. you know what i'm saying amazon handles a lot of the tech uh behind the scenes tech shit for the intelligence uh community oh damn so they got all the major multi-million dollar contracts that's why i ain't got that amazon alexa shit in my house no no watch we don't want that no we don't want watch and listen the dot yeah you don't want no you don't want no echo they're not hell nah 
Hell nah, my people just got an uh, echo. I'm like, nah, 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 turn that off. <laughs> you don't need that on. We'll Matter of fact, off. unplug it. <laughs> Take it off. Shit, I don't like that. I think somebody listening to me up in there. Shit. So, Aki, what we got next on the agenda, Aki? This brings us to the, the worst part of our conversation. And I say that because it's disheartening, Aki. It really is. Oh. To talk about this, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And, and just to see the conversation and the, the and the misinformation, the miseducation on this topic of black masculinity, of, you know, black gender relations, and uh, of black men. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, Tachina Arnold, or as you might know her, Pam from Martin. Yeah. Ask the simple question, Aki. This is how this is how the tri- the tweet read. Honest question: What can we, as black women in America, do to stop aiding in the emasculation of black men in America? Now, for black men, the regular working class black men, and and the regular working class black woman, mm-hmm. will read that. And think it's a valid question. Yeah. Not saying it's one that should take up our central center attention. Yeah. And I I don't think the question is insinuating that black women are causing. Black women are not the not the cause. Not really. the root cause of, of emasculation of black men. Said what can they do to help? To stop aiding. Well, she does say that, you know, black women, she does insinuate that black women are Aid. aiding yeah. in the emasculation of black men in America. But you can aid something by being inactive on it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you see harm being done and you're not equipped or unwilling to aid that harm being done, you know what I'm saying, you're then, you know, aiding it. Yeah. I think there's some uh, a logical sequence there. Gotcha. But uh, so, so many spheres i almost <laughs> said so many spheres a, a, a significant sphere yeah a significant small group of spheres a black twitter <laughs> a black intelligentsia the black media class the black you know black academia really went and nuts certain black college students especially black undergrads black grad students you know uh some of them went nuts yeah you know what nuts. i'm saying on this yeah and um you know, we got we got one one sister. I, th- I believe she's a journalist. Amy Afua says Frederick Douglass was giving speeches with was giving speeches, and Harriet was on the front lines, making sure people were getting free. We are not natural counterparts. Mm. A black woman, supposedly a black woman, right? But you know, this does have hundreds of likes. Yeah, uh, saying that black men and black women are not natural counterparts. So, so why, why should black women? do anything to a black man we're not natural counterparts she's saying black men ain't got the ain't you know helping the race ain't helping the community like black women are yeah you know that's the you know divisive type language that if said by a black man you know especially without any evidence or some shoddy ass evidence like that because i mean there's plenty of black men you know what i'm saying that were aiding the community's efforts, the black nation's I efforts mean, at that time. Harriet Tubman was not the only train conductor on the Underground Railroad. She was not the only conductor. And she worked with black men. Yeah, you know, she worked with them. That she ma- talked about these guys. That was one positive aspect of the Harriet movie. We won't touch too much on the Harriet movie here. Yeah. But we know, but it, it is useful. When we, okay, the Harriet movie, 
directed by I forget the director's name. I think uh, Casey Lemon. I, I, I'm get I'm getting the name wrong. But we talked about Harriet before yeah. uh, on, on a podcast episode. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about the emasculation of black men, yeah, I think that's present within that movie. Oh yeah. When, but you know. I guess the before we even get into that, I guess we should talk about you know what do we see as black masculinity, right? What are we defining that as? You know, uh, but you know before we even get there, let's read some more of these tweets. You know, and th- let's read some more of these tweets, and then we'll get into what the definition. You know, what I'm saying a black masculinity. You know, offer one. You know, what I'm saying that's not as regressive and narrow sided as some of these people are believing. Another tweet from Lasinga Flo. We as black women are not responsible for the image that black men have created for themselves. I wish people would stop placing this responsibility on us. Somalia Rose says, but having women step up to fix, fix this emasculation problem is exactly the problem. Black women are the only ones expected to step up, protect, and provide for our men because far too many of them are incapable or quite frankly, don't want to do it for themselves. So again, we see this inclination to define black man by the most negative uh, attributes. Yeah. Following the lead of, you know, white supremacy. Yeah. Like, like, I don't get, how do you say shit like that about the sons you give birth to? The same Negroes who's saying this shit is probably going to be out on the next date with a black man. If they're not already married to one. This shit is retarded. Yeah, it's ridiculous, Aki. And really what we're seeing here, I mean, we watched a video from somebody on YouTube, Adrian Expression. Oh, God. And And the thing that's continually afforded here is we don't need masculinity. We don't need traditional masculinity. Yeah. And they speak about masculinity in this race neutral way. Yeah. Right. Where black masculinity is an anti-colonial base yeah. for Afrocentric unity and resistance yeah. and protection of the community, mm-hmm. and uh, that—that's what it's been. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because black masculinity, you know, it, it has its roots, of course, in black culture, which yeah. you know, in its origin, is a resistance to assimilation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it doesn't go along with the stereotypes that are placed on us and how we're portrayed in white media. Mm-hmm. That's why that's why that tweet that said we created the image for ourselves is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, when you look you like these people aren't taken seriously the anti-black misandry and emasculation that's yeah. that's been inflicted on black men by white America, which is the root cause of it. Yeah. It's not black women, it's white America that is sought to emasculate black men at every in every era, every stage, at every stage mm. of this country. Yeah. Uh, we Lynching and castration is emasculation. I mean... You know, the hindering black men from being a threat to white patriarchy. You know, white patriarchy views black men as a biological and cultural threat. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, this whole concept of masculinity is, 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 is funny to me. Um, because it's... At the end of the day, you know, masculinity is rooted in culture. You know, generally, biology um, dictates one culture. You normally form a culture based around your biology. 
but like this is weird like um like you know we we checked out some response videos and stuff about this and it's like they're viewing emasculation in a different way they're not really understanding what emasculation and emasculating black men looks like you know is this what it seems like to me um you know hearing that it's just it's just a little saddening but as i said though you know we we dealing with this we're gonna have to handle this we're gonna have to go straight forward yeah we, they, i mean a lot of these people you know, they don't believe that black men are being targeted and in a gender type way or in their I mean, masculinity is being targeted i mean the whole concept of like racism white supremacy is gendered mm-hmm. and it and it attacks black males based on that it's a patriarchal society and culture that's global and it centers black men it is centers any group of men that they are choosing and wish to colonize and have colonized they're going to center those men and force their attack on them that's what patriarchs do they see men as the biological threat mm-hmm. you know um and there's reasons for that you know there's reasons why they see men as biological threats you know um, I think, hell, the the first biological threat is, is that biologically we can do a lot of damage to them biologically. Mm-hmm. Just in us mating, you know, we can wipe out cultures fast. Which for white men, white colonizers, is a threat. That's a threat. You know, and it, it, that this points to an important part. Uh, uh, it points to an important point here, Ike. We don't center ourselves when it comes to how violence is inflicted on us and how uh, the black community is seeking to ward off attack yeah direct attack from the enemy mm-hmm. it's not black men that's centering ourselves yeah but when we think about the most uh i guess point-to-point contact between white supremacy in our communities the police you know what i'm saying uh a few years ago it was uh, and and still today over 90 percent of police killings are are against black men. Yeah. During the height of the Black Lives Matter movement, it was there was a year where it was ninety nine percent of police killings. Yeah. Uh, were directed against black men. So, uh, you know, emasculation is part of this gender depression, uh, this focused attack on black men. Yeah. And uh, you know, a, a lot of this takes place in the media. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, Robert Staples is is one uh, scholar who uh, we touched on before, uh, but it's important to bring back up. So he wrote, uh, he has an article here, Aki, that speaks about black stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And because a, a, a lot of the accusations, you know, do return to the tweet and its, criti- and its critics briefly, a lot of the accusations that black men are being emasculated, right, is because of how we're portrayed in the media. That's where a lot of this critique is coming from, yeah. you know, this or this, I should say, resistance of black men. Like, you know, we're being emasculated in the media. We need positive images of black men because mm-hmm. these images are emasculating. Yeah. And then you now you have people gaslighting black men saying, no, you're you're wrong for thinking that that's not happening. You're just regressive. There's something wrong with you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they're trying to affect really how we perceive our reality. Yeah. You know, any if we did it to any other group, they call it gaslighting. But the return to so Robert Staples released an article in '85 called "Culture, Ideology, and Black Television Images," and this was published in the Black Scholar, the May June 1985, Volume 16 edition. 
And here he's talking about uh, uh, the superstructure of capitalist society and its, and its cultural apparatuses, which is the superstructure, mm-hmm. which seeks to legitimate, you know what I'm saying, and the working class and acceptance of the lack of equality and oppression. And, you know, this uh, uh, superstructure became much more mature and, uh, and, and, and technologically advanced as things like tele- or radio and television came out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, what, it, and it's important to note here that it's not, it's not no partnership between black people and white people when it comes to television and television media. Yeah. This is something that has always been controlled. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that's how, that's the context we have to view this in. Even the so-called black television channels and, and media apparatus, to some extent, has always been controlled because it was normally financed by white dollars. So as long as television been in existence, you know, in this society, Robert Staples says it, this is a quote, it took until 1965, and, uh, but Bill Cosby in the adventure series I Spy demonstrated that the American public would accept a black actor in a non-stereotype role. Mm. And before that, evidence of such is scant. You know, he does talk about 1956, the, the year-long run of Nat King Cole show, and, you know, uh, Ethel Waters uh, and later Louise Beavers in the 1950s, two black women actresses. But, you know, a lot of those were, you know, the mammy stereotype. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until Bill Cosby, you know, but even he says, uh, Robert Staples says, even Bill Cosby in 65 being a great success for non-stereotypical roles still had certain stereotypical factors. Yeah. Such as he rarely got romantically involved. Right. Mm-hmm. He's a trainer for a world class tennis player in the show, but he rarely got romantically involved. Mm-hmm. And this was only occasionally, you know, different, mm-hmm. you know, but it, even then there was not a full extent. And yeah. why is a white American not comfortable seeing a black man romantically involved on in television? Because he represents this threat yeah. that, you know, Black men's sexuality being controlled in such a way, this is that's emasculation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The hindering of us, you know, being able to live our indigenous African based masculine culture, you know what I'm saying, amongst black men, you know, any hindrance of that, you know what I'm saying, by by especially by a colonizing force like white society is emasculating. Yeah, because giving him a permanent um relationship or temporary relationships with um because they ain't gonna they at 1965 they wasn't gonna put him on tv in a relationship with a white woman heck no so they was gonna put him on there with a black woman but to put him on there with a black woman that would seem too normal right <laughs> oh yeah for you know sure. what i'm saying now you would seem like a regular black man and now you would see a regular black man in a role that is that that it it, it definitely looks out of place now because now he's successful Oh, but isn't that emas- if, if part of black man's masculinity is we want to positively contribute to our families? Yeah, right. We're hindered from doing that in white America. Historically, yeah. we have been. We can look at the welfare system, yeah. but we can also go back to the labor market. Yeah, right. And furthermore, and uh, you know, they're, 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 they've always sought to divide the black man and black woman. We can look at early white feminist suffrage suffragist arguments saying, oh, if black men get the right to vote, they'll enslave you like the master. If black men get political power, right, they'll enslave you like white men do us. Lying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know. (laughs) I'm keeping it real. Like, some people believe that to this day. 
but you know, white white patriarchy is a kinship. You know, this is where we got to have an actual definition of patriarchy, yeah. right? That comes from black male studies, and black male studies is, is really furthering this really uh, a more phenonian anti-colonial view of patriarchy, which sees yeah. it as a kinship system amongst white people. Yep. You know what I'm saying? With white men and white women at the top. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And them together seeking to disrupt mm-hmm. uh, black men and black women's relationship. You yeah. know, through emasculation and an attack on black women's gender expression as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Those, like, were black women throughout history complaining, uh, we have hyper-masculine uh, uh, images forwarded about us or hypersexual images where we're, we're cast yeah. as being promiscuous. Yeah. Right? That's also, you know, uh, a form of them, you know, saying, I don't want to, I don't know, defeminizing black women. It's a form of assimilation, forced assimilation, mm-hmm. Aki. That's what we're talking about assimilation here. The, oh, yeah. Well, that's when, when you when you start talking about emasculation, that's definitely what you're talking about. Emasculation. Emasculation is a significant part of the assimilation aimed at black men. Black male assimilation. And uh, Robert Staples get, gets into more of that, too, when he starts talking about Mr. T. He says Mr. T is cast as a black male in the role of a brainless eunuch, eunuch who is no threat to the white male. A eunuch is, somebody, is a man that can't have sex. Mm-hmm. If I if I'm getting the term right, yeah, a eunuch is somebody. I don't think that they might not even have no dick and balls. Yeah, they, you know they, what I'm they saying? Either they, matter of fact, most eunuchs back in the day, castrated. they cutting it off, castrated. Yeah, you getting castrated. So yeah. that's so, Mr. T, this uh, a black man with muscles, gold chains, tough guy, mm-hmm. is cast as a eunuch that is no threat ever cast as a threat to the white male. Mm-hmm. He gets deeper into it. Uh, you know, we're looking at page 16. Mr. T as ideology. Robert Staples getting deep with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he, he goes on to say, while the Amos and Andy show has been viewed as one of the most obvious examples of the result of white cultural uh, ideology, almost nightly American television exhibits examples of of the demeaning results of such an ideology. One of the most recent examples of the results of white American cultural ideology is the A-Team. Uh, with Mr. T as one of its major characters, the A-Team comes at us weekly in living color. To some extent, it could be argued that the A-Team is just one more symbol of the violence that American public receives in its television programs. Why does Mr. T stand out so significantly? And why has he become the darling bad boy of American television audiences? <laughs> And he was cast as that. Yeah. Even to the 2000s, 2010s. Yeah. He had appeal on that level, right? Yeah. Mr. Mr. T is projected as a super masculine, loyal, short-tempered, tough, kind, smart, simple, lovable, aggressive, intimidating, flamboyant, savage, and streetwise. Mm. His image from the gold jewelry to the haircut to his costumes is deliberately projected as bizarre Mm -hmm. he is the latest but probably not the last of a long list of acceptable black television personalities these personalities whether they be pimp prostitute soldier of fortune or helicopter pilot are always portrayed as the friendly loyal and trustworthy outsider he's seen as a uh now i'm I'm just uh, skipping skimming through he's seen as a lovable pet he's cast as i mean blacks are cast as inferior and obedient and even though on the right side they are not quite quite capable of making a go of it by themselves mm. so we have bl- black people and black men you know uh being cast as incapable of making a go of it themselves mm. right and then of course we have the the actual structure of society not just the superstructure supporting that 
So we, we we take away black men's ability to support themselves economically. Yeah. And then in the superstructure cultural apparatus, we project them as incapable of doing so. Yeah. Which legitimates it. Yes. Right. So and he's also cast, you know, uh, importantly, as a friend to white people, you know, and a non-threat to white supremacy. You know, and yeah, Mr. T loved the kids. He especially loved the little kids. He always had them saving some little white girl, a little white boy. You know, they gave him a couple of episodes like that when they wanted to relate to Mr. T's sensitivity. He goes on to say, other lessons are learned to blacks by standard television fare. Most television shows depict blacks as being in single parent homes or unmarried, thus providing no model of a stable nuclear family for the viewing audience. When a black married couple is shown, it is the most persistent and damaging of all black stereotypes. Mm-hmm. The weak man, strong woman concept. Yep. And we can take that. Hold that just for one second. One of the most degrading stereotypes of black women is that them being cast as promiscuous. Yeah. And this goes back to them being a reproductive resource during slavery yes. for white patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Black women could make you rich yeah. by breeding them and making them birth slaves. Mm-hmm. Or you could even, as a white slaver, you could have sex with them and birth a slave. Mm-hmm. They set the laws in place. We're going to trace slaver, the slave status through the, the woman, yeah. through, the, through the mother. The, power, the, the, the so-called power that a lot of sisters see in themselves today is rooted in the power that the slave master gave them by, by, by placing that value on them. Right. So black women being seen by this capitalist white male patriarchy mm-hmm. as a reproductive resource. And made, black, which, made, which, 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 which upped their value. And black men also during slavery are more than black women. They're kept away from their families and their children. Yeah. Black men are more transient, you know. Mm-hmm. And now some, so there's some people that describe that as a, as a, literally, Aki, they describe it as a privilege of black men during slavery, slavery to be more mobile. Yeah. Even though that, that means that they're mobile because they're oftentimes traveling to see their children who are living in a forced situation to live on a different plantation. Let alone from that, normally the children, normally slaves... Married within plantations that was in close range. So it would be a plantation maybe a mile down the road or something like that. He would live on one place plantation. She would live on another plantation. But normally what plantations did is they um, hired work within the plantation system. So they would bring slaves from one plantation. The master call up another master and he'll say, hey, I, I need some help building this fence. Can you bring some slaves over here? And I'll pay you such and such for bringing these slaves. Or he'll take three, four slaves over there. They go over there. That's how he would normally see his kids. He would normally see his kids and see his offspring through the transient work that he would do between plantations. Because they just wasn't letting you go see your kids. They weren't letting you leave the plantation to go see your kids. Not with roving um, slave bands around. It wasn't getting down like that. So, yeah, a lot of times we will move in within transient. But that's a deep concept that you was just talking about, how they view black women as pretty much a generator of slaves. You know what I'm saying? A generator of slaves. So uh, let, let's pick back up on this Robert Stable's point that the persistent stereotype of white media is casting the black family 
as weak man, strong woman. Yeah. Right? And that's, now let's go to France Fanon, right? And the a dying colonialism, uh, the first chapter, Algeria Unveiled. And we read through this before, Aki, in a previous podcast, but it's always important to return to it, especially at times like this. So, on page, 50, uh, page 37, he states, This enabled, and he's talking about the colonial situation, essentially, but just to save time, we're going to start here. This enabled the colonial administration to define a precise political doctrine, which Fanon says is as, quote, if we want to destroy the structure of Algerian society, which was at this time being colonized, its capacity for resistance, if we want to destroy its capacity for resistance, we must first of all conquer the women. We must go and find them behind the veil where they hide themselves and in the houses where the men keep them out of sight. It is the situation of woman that was accordingly taken as a theme, as the theme of action. The dominant administration solemnly undertook to defend this woman, pictured as humiliated, sequestered, cloistered. It described the immense possibilities of woman, unfortunately transformed by the Algerian man into an inert, demonetized, indeed dehumanized object. Mm. The behavior of the Algerian was firmly denounced and described as medieval and barbaric. Mm. With, uh, and of course we see this, we see black masculinity yeah. cast this way in that same as way. It's, it's a thing of the past. That's resisting progress yeah. It's resisting evolution into modern society. Uh, and black men are routinely cast as barbaric. Yeah. Right. Where we're like where our our critique of being emasculated in white media, and in white society is taken as us as us clinging to this. Uh, you know. Uh, I mean, as Adrian expression, the YouTube video that we watched proclaimed. You know, was something that was only harming the black community. Yeah. You know. Uh, so. It makes sense for a colonizer, too, to think in those matters. So he goes on to say, with infinite science, you know, and previously he spoke about social science, right? With infinite science, a blanket indictment against the, quote, sadistic and vampirish Algerian attitude towards women was prepared and drawn up. And now we can add women and queer people because mm. black men are cast as being sadistic and barbaric towards women and queer people yeah. despite having some of the best you know if you look at Evelyn Simeon's work yeah. uh, statistically we have some of the highest support of all race and gender groups I mean, for women and, and queer people I think even um, it's even been said that we were used in um, especially um, you know oppressed men under colonialism specifically African Americans were sort of used as a model of that um, resistance towards um old traditional patriarchy just by the way we were raised in our homes and the way we were socialized in society so it's like it's very weird to hear people say these type of things and but you know Fanon's hitting it on point yeah he goes on to say that I'll uh this the indignation was followed up by practical advice, right? So mm -hmm. casting the black, uh, the Algerian woman in this way, two Algerian women through uh, through mutual aid societies, mm -hmm. and now of course through academic type of departments and and certain media spheres, right? Uh, 
the practical advice they gave the Algerian women, uh, the Algerian women were invited to play a functional capital role in the transformation of their lot. They were pressed to say no to a centuries-old subjection. The immense role they were called to play was described to them. The colonial administration invests great sums in this combat after it had been posited that the woman constituted the pivot of Algerian society all efforts were made to uh, to obtain control over her, right? So uh, returning to Robert Staples, this idea in American television that it's a weak man, strong woman, and that's that's what Fanon is talking about, where women are, are cast as the pivot of society, mm. right? It's the same thing with the mammy image. The mammy, Im- the, the mammy stereotype, the, the mammy was often the one that was seeking to control and uh, not, or if not control, seek to inspire the labor of the lazy black man. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. The the mammy was certainly more industrious and hard working than how the black man was often cast in comparison. Yeah. So there's a connection there, you know what I'm saying, between what Fanona's talking about in the colonial situation when it comes to black men being cast as savages and which is emasculating Right, because it's a it's a disruption of you know indigenous masculinity. It's a it's a lie, right? Well, it it makes me think about something I learned from Nation Islam. They teach in Nation Islam. They say man create culture, but women pass it on. Mm. That it passes on the culture because they teach the culture to the children. And so when you talk about this emasculation as assimilation, it's pretty much, um, and emasculation as assimilation, but then also using specifically the women. To fight against that is that is that passing on of culture. They understand that they cannot allow women or sisters to pass on a culture of um, I don't want to say progressive manhood, but African Afrocentric manhood. You know, they cannot allow the sisters to pass that on. So in the academia, in the academies, in the places like that, they teach this ideology, black feminists, whatever you want to call it, ideology, that naturally hampers the natural progression of a society and a culture that will fight against them, that will resist them. You know, to me, all of this concept, the emasculation is the attempt to assimilate black males into white America, but our fighting against us is is the resistance to that. So it's a continuous resistance. And now here's the catch. A lot of the sisters and the people who are supporting this, they've already bought into it and already assimilated. Mm-hmm. They already bought into the concept, the values, and the systems of North America. So, you know what I'm saying, they're going to be the main voice, and the system will give them the voice versus giving the people who wish to promote a um, anti-colonial mm-hmm. Afrocentric cultural based culture and masculinity amongst they men. It's some crazy shit that's going on. But it's like you see the bigger scheme as you start delving. Fanon is a hell of a dude. Yeah, so the, the, <laughs> the critique of emasculation that many black men have mm. is a critique of this forced assimilation. Yeah. Right? It's not a it's not a critique of of uh you know comp- complaints about the presence of homosexuality. Yeah, and that's sort of what people are trying to frame that. Right. As. They're trying to frame it as that. And then it's crazy because in that, in that, she didn't mention anything about that. Yeah, Tashina Ardo didn't mention nothing about yeah, homosexuality. Tashina Ardo didn't mention nothing about that. But 
that's how people take it because they feel emasculization is the, the, the act of emasculating men who don't act in what they would call the heterosexual gender norm, whatever that is. But we have to also be serious, Aki, about the white patriarchal control of media. Yeah. of the cultural apparatus, the superstructure of this society, mm-hmm. it reflects their own values. Yeah. And I have, there's a book sitting around here about the homoerotic consumption of black oh, men during, Tommy, sla- yeah, during Tommy slavery. Yeah, Tommy Curry talked about that. Tommy Curry talks about this as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there, there is a, a twisted homoerotic obsession with the, black, with the black male body as well yes. Yes. by white society. Yes. So certain, like... I, I, so I say that to say we have to take serious the black male critique of emasculation, even when it does take the form of repeated, hyper-feminized, uh, homosexual, uh, 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 I guess, uh, I guess the routine, like uh, the routine, like placement of those images, you know what well, I'm saying, well, as you- opposed to. Uh, you know, black male images that are more representative. When you think about it, when we, because I remember we read that and um, we we read um a large section of about that in um Dr. Tommy Curry's book, The Man Not. And you got to remember that the the homoeroticism was something that was derived that was sort of it it was with them when they when when white when we encountered Europeans. You can trace that homoeroticism to some extent all the way back to Roman times. Mm-hmm. But it really stems from that plantation. And it stems from the, the sexual abuse and the sexual vulnerability of black men under white men's rule. And mm-hmm. what they used to do to us sexually. So white men necessarily don't have a problem with seeing, and they didn't have a problem with seeing an emasculated or an effeminate male. On se- We had males who were not effeminate but acted effeminate. And I mean, we're talking uh, publicly just to, you know what I'm saying, not seem as a threat. So a brutally violent, homoerotic, white patriarch, you know what I'm saying, and their control of the white media apparatus, of course they're going to cast black men in a way that black men are sexually available to them because they they see it as an object for possession. An object for possession, but also non-threatening. Right. They see it as non-threatening, but they're also... You know, they they think they should possess and have authority over. Yeah. And they do so. White masculinity sees that type of power exercise that sexual control over these groups. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Of course, black masculinity is different. It has a different worldview because it's coming from a different culture. Mm -hmm. Unless you think that black culture is only derived from white culture. If you if you somehow wound yourself into that position. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or you think black culture is eventually an acceptance into white culture, a a disintegration of us as we integrate into them. Yeah. That's what integration is. Yeah. We have to disintegrate to integrate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And to some extent, we got to assimilate, too. Because that assimilation right. is thus taking on their values, their culture, their ideas, the way they view the world. That's the only available integration to black people is assimilation. Yeah, because right? to integrate yeah. us fully in, you have to give a you you have to act you have to well, I would say if you did it truthfully, you would have to repay a debt. But anyway. Right. I mean and Dr. King, that's what Dr. King was was saying, you know, he was fighting for integration, but he wasn't fighting for assimilation. Yeah. Right. And that's an important point to note. Towards the end of his life he says, I feel we're integrated into a burning house. Yeah. That also that burning house is one that was not going to accept us as us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it, it was it wasn't gonna leave many of us in this wake either. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just like, you know, there won't be much of us left if we continue down this path. 
yeah. of only going out for integration, not building up a separate sense of power. Yeah. Right. And the type of masculinity that 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 seeks to enforce that type of politics in our community, mm. one that is not about integration and just bending over backwards, literally, yeah. for white people, white masculinity, yeah. white patriarchy, is one seeking to create our own sense of power. That's gonna that's a threat. Black culture and blackness is naturally um, resistant toward white culture and white society. Mm-hmm. It's naturally resistant. That's the whole concept of the blackness. It is resistance to white society and white culture and white rule and white power and all those other things. So Fanon says the phenomena of resistance observed in the colonized, meaning us, Mm -hmm. must be related to an attitude of counter assimilation Mm -hmm. of maintenance of a cultural, hence national originality. Mm -hmm. So this when we say uh, cultural, hence national. We're talking about black nationalists, a national black culture, mm-hmm. you know, and see, us seeking to preserve our originality, our uniqueness, yeah. our separateness. Yeah. Amakar Cabral says we can measure, I'm paraphrasing, but we can measure our ability and preparedness to resist against the enemy by the uh, degree of difference between our cultures. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you know, black culture should seek necessarily by definition yeah it seeks to be different than the culture of our colonizers yeah and that's that that's the foundation of our resistance that cultural aspect of resistance is lost in all this mm-hmm. because you know so many of our people have given themselves over to this individualist yep. uh yep. type of resistance yep. you know we where it's hindering their ability to look at things sociologically historically yep. you know in in a very anti-colonial phenonian way which mm-hmm. this time now requires. Yeah, I mean, you know, if it doesn't require, if it doesn't require a looking over, it requires an actual action. Mm-hmm. Because like now, the, the the way the people are going, and that's really, you know, and I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now. This this is about this ain't about no nation state now. This ain't now. This is about our survival and our existence. Do we want to exist as a people here? Do we just want to assimilate? You know, do you want to exist as a people 200 years from now? Do you want to be here? You know, do you want to be in America thriving as a people on your own terms and your own standards? Or do you want to still be in the submissive state that you're in? And so that's why right now you're seeing a lot of this stuff. They know that the first line of resistance towards white supremacy or any type of rule is going to be males. And they figure if we can... they. The way they figured, if we got, if we got, if we get um, a segment, and that's the thing, the majority is this ain't the majority of our sisters talking like this. This is a certain class of sisters and certain class of men talking like this. So, you know, um, we just got to be a little more, you know, saying vigilant and seeing these things for what they are. I think Sheena's honest question needs an answer. Yeah, I think I think I think you know what I'm saying. Why don't people give them an answer? You can't you can't look and say just. And I'll say this: black black women's image was attacked by white supremacy. And I do believe, even in my lifetime, I've seen black males at some point in time aid in that. You know, I can I mean I can admit to that. You know, um, 
All we asking is you being able to say the same and then give us an answer how we can stop. Like, if you ask me right there as a black man, I can give you a couple of answers off the top of my head. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, and that's describing what black masculinity is and should be, mm-hmm. should continue to be. That's not us saying that all black men are adherent to it or yeah. all black male action is adherent to that mm-hmm. at all. But it is, you know, standing firm on the fact that this has a historical roots yeah. and a contemporary practice, you know what I'm saying, and significance that has to be observed. It has to be, you know, it can't be ignored. Yeah. And, and, and and just treat the masculinity as this gender-neutral thing, yeah. or, or, or as this race-neutral thing, I should say, yeah. is wrong. I mean, that gets into this idea from that, that really just comes from intersectionality, mm-hmm. that, you know, because black men and white men share a gender, you know, uh, black men have gendered privilege like white men do. That totally is mistaken, a mistaken mm-hmm. perspective on what patriarchy is. Yeah. That totally misunderstands how gender operates, even though it sounds so good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We have to push people and confront people intellectually to let that shit go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If they're going to join in a positive movement for black people, mm-hmm. they have to let that shit go. Even if they're going to join in a positive union with the black man to establish a black family, they got to let that shit go. Oh, no, I, I totally agree. I tell all my boys, you know what I'm saying? We're not wifing up nobody, you know what I'm saying, no. that, is, that is tied to that backwards way of thinking about black men. Because how could you partner with that for life? Yeah, and, and I'm going to keep it real. That was sort of some of the backlash that came from even in these recent conversations that you hear on the Internet and stuff with black men voicing their opinions about certain things. Um, and, and and let me not cast this as, you know, black men that take this stance have slim pickings because that's not the case. No, plenty of sisters. You know what I'm saying? Because the, I would say... Still, the majority of sisters, even though this this problem is growing, that we're describing is growing it's in significance, growing, but it ain't it ain't the majority of our sisters at all. Right? You know, there are some sisters, including my woman, that standing firm. I mean, on what it's all about. I tell people, raw. If you walk, if you move around the world, or you move around in your city, in your community, damn dear, ten out of every, I mean, nine out of every, uh, uh, nine out of every ten black women that you meet. Either seeing a black man, talk to black men, interact with black men, and date black men. But white society, just like Fanon talked about, is going to lift up those narratives that cast black men in this savage light. You can look at what the CIA Gloria Steinem did in her Miss Magazine lifting up Michelle Wallace's Black Macho in the Myth of the Superwoman. Mm Mm-hmm. The book where Michelle Wallace in the in the final edition that came out recently, she said that I wrote that at a time where I didn't know black men could have love for other people. <laughs> and that, no, wrote a book with no citation. And that's savageness, right? That's <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's that, savage. That's right there. you know what I'm saying. But it, that's trafficked by white society as truth. Mm. They latch onto those things yeah. and they see, oh, we have to save the black woman. Yeah. We're gonna invite the black woman in. And that's the lie that black women got to stop falling for. They got to stop falling for that lie. Because, like I say, I, I, that's my question to the sisters, too, just like I asked it to the men. Do you want to exist? You know, the same way we need you to, we need, we need you to produce black men and black women that will resist this system. They need you to produce black men and black women who will not. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. 
And you're exactly right. That's that's why they want to break up the black family. That's because, the core of it all. Because uh, black women with black men is going to birth problems for the white society. Always. They're going to birth threats to white society because every black person is potential revolutionary. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And... Uh, Event and increasingly will become so, you know, if we have anything to say about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I mean, like Fanon says, white society wants black women opened up for adventure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That and they, they try to just that. And I, I again, I love how Fanon says. Yeah, I like that, the way he said. He said adventure. I like the way he used that word right there. I mean, yeah, we want to lift up the veil, expose their body. You know what I'm saying? For our adventure. And we see that in the hypersexualization of women in contemporary society. Yep, we see it yep. all over the place. Yep, you know. But black women are. And this is before. And, this is before all of that theory. But <laughs> but black people, not just black women, black people are accepting this hypersexualization, yep. right? And they're even finding ways in this postmodern era to legitimate it in some in this weird Foucault type of uh, like uh, theory. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, like just just. Really accepting wholeheartedly this hypersexualization as if it has some type of moral, evolutionary type of uh, appeal. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, and 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 all you, you know, I, I always say, what people love more than freedom is autumn. Mm. And so, this is uh, this is also to me geared at a certain uh, age range. You know, it's geared always at younger people because mm-hmm. they're willing to take those chances and take those dares. Um, and yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, yeah. young people that are increasingly raised on social media, not in no mm-hmm. black institutions. Yeah, they break up the black community, so yeah. we have less communal spaces, yeah. and they got iPads in the hands of the children. Yeah, you know I mean, when it comes down to it, they 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 try to they try to promote to us and the United States. Period. They try to promote to the whole country a universalist look mm-hmm. on the world. You know, um, early white thinkers in America said they wanted just to be the great melting pot of the United States, you know, the great melting pot that would blend and mix all groups and all races and things like that. To their contrary, though, there's been a lot of resistance towards that. You know, it's hard to suppress the African. (laughs) You may can do it, you may can do it physically, but you can't never really do it in soul. You may get the mind, but you may not get the soul. That's a hard part to get right there. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, um, we gotta fight against shit like this, you know. I think this, like I said, I think the sister's question needs to be answered. I think it's a question she asked a legitimate question. It was no harm, it was no shade thrown in that. Um, it just really shows you how a lot of people just think from their emotions when they hear these things. And then the ones who try to be an- intellectual, how they're intellectually not coming from any sound base that's rooted in our our people and our culture. Uh, and I, as the episode comes to an end, as a short answer, one that we can explore later, and I'm sure we will, about mm-hmm. how black women can stop aiding. You know what I'm saying? And and I think, uh, before I even answer this, the question can be asked vice versa as well. How yeah. can black women, I mean, how can black men stop aiding in the gender depression of black women? Mm-hmm. That's a valid question to ask because, you know, things are not perfect in our communities. Yes. But, you know, black women, uh, that question got to be asked of black women. I asked Tachino Ardo, asked it as well. I think the short answer is to truly study the the connection between white feminism, colonial gender theory, and black feminism. And also, you know, black uh, representations of black people in the media, mm-hmm. you know, and... Uh, I think, you know, be truly inquisitive and studious on that. You know what I'm saying? And also, uh, 
you know, if you have children, certainly, you know, uh, you know, invest, you know, make sure that they're part of black institutions, real black institutions. Yeah. Uh, but that's a short answer. I, uh, that's too much to get into, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. at length, you know, in this episode. But, uh, you know, anything you want to leave the people with, Aki? Um, answer the question. And if I had my advice, listen to the, listen to, listen to the, listen to what brothers have to say. But also, if you want to get a concept of masculinity, look back at your ancestors. They always will tell you what they what they felt and what they viewed, and don't just look at one culture, look at a couple of them. I'm still tripping. Old girl said, Frederick Douglass was giving speeches. Harriet Tubman was on the front lines. Like you gonna reduce reduce our history to two people, literally. You gonna reduce this uh, representation of black masculinity to one person, Frederick Douglass. I mean, like man, that's just man, that's just like like for real. That's how you feel. That's how. Like, so- that's how you feel. That's so how, then, it, so then it's like okay. Well, then I could take it too. Like now, nah, you see, that'd be going tit for tat. We don't want to. We don't want to go for tit for tat. Like I'm gonna be going for tit for tat. Like you can't. Like people did stuff at different times. You know, as I said before, to make that statement, like Harriet was not the only conductor. That means if Harriet was the only conductor, that means she was the only one taking trips. She was the only one going down south getting slaves coming back up with. How many slaves did they say she freed? That means she was doing all that by herself. No, it was men there helping her, and there was men doing those same things too. You just don't hear about them. She was the most well-known one. That's cool with me. More power to the sister. I love her. She's still an ancestor. But you don't, you don't, don't try to compare our ancestors like that. I don't like that. It's like See, making a competition and shit. See, but this is where we also got to, you know, this Algeria Unveiled chapter in France Fanon. It's important because it talks about the dialectic of gender in the colonial, anti-colonial, you know, uh, situation. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because he talks about how because of how they're viewed as this adventurous type of avenue for white interest, for Mm. the colonizers' interest, that means they can engage in subterfuge, subversion of the system in gendered ways. They have gendered opportunities when it comes to resistance and subversion. Yep. We can hide shit under our veil. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or if we're unveiled, you really think we're not a threat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it goes both ways. We can and, and Fernand talks about both ways, literally. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I hate to say it, if you read the if you read um the history of um Harriet Tubman, she talks about how in the beginning it was easy for her to do her work. Because there was nobody looking for her at the time. It just it was just the slave master looking for her. But it was no posters wanted. You know, Harriet Tubman, slave catchers specifically having your name in their mouth, I want to catch her. It was when she got known that it became difficult for her to move back and forth. It wasn't as easy as it could go. Why? Because in the early days, a woman moving through, she could say anything. False papers and everything can get her a lot of place just because of her gender. Exactly. And, you know, it brings us to there was a much more mature, logical connection with reality back then when it comes yeah. to the gender nature of, of racist oppression. We do what we right? can do. We do what but, we got to do and what we can do to fight. But the, the, the movement that's put in front of us, Aki, we're going to end on a rant with Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter. The movement that's put in front of us, Aki, can look at 99% of police killings being directed at black men and say, black men, you need to decenter yourselves. 
that's the epitome of of law of, of being a lost nigga. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's one of the ones who stayed on the plantation. But Harry would say, I could have saved more. They didn't know that. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we we have to we have to admit what reality is. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and it's not about we can't devolve into this ridiculous conversation about who has it better as some type of feud. We have to we have to engage that if there is a gender nature and there is to our oppression, we have to approach it logically and consciously, and 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 seek scientifically to do better. As far as resistance, you know what I'm saying? It's not about, you know what I'm saying, trying to prove who is the uh, the most oppressed in our community. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's not no anti-colonial way of looking at it. That's a capitalist, individualistic way of looking at things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's a, only niggas that are trying to get a seat at the table. That is really a house nigga mentality. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, our house master? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, nah, nigga, we blow, we we fanning the flames trying to burn that motherfucker down. That's what they trying to do, like you say, bro. This uh, this 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 uh, emasculation is nothing but the black male assimilation, mm. and and they're trying to assimilate black males into this too. So we think this country is ours, and we're we'll not feel it. And the core of emasculating black men is is making us non threats. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Where we accept politically. The, the way that this shit is going, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And, uh, you know, and we hit on the other angles, you know what I'm saying? There are gender and sexual components to this not, this lack of threat because of the homoeroticism, the brutality, the violence of the white patriarch and the white patriarchal society. Mm-hmm. But we got to approach it in a scientific way, you know what I'm saying? We can't approach it in this, oh, because I want the bag from the oppressor with you know with this grant from this nonprofit mm. or this job with this academic uh, institution or my I want I want the higher desk at the at the white media organization you know what I'm saying that uh you got to you know doing that going that route you typically got to go online with the bullshit that they're putting out and uh you know fire this time we representing something different yeah you know what I'm saying we ain't going with that some some more real so we're going with that right there that's a little too burning that shit down straight up <laughs> take burning it down Burn chopping it. it down with axes small axe what 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 Bob Marley say <laughs> small axe yeah baby but you know how it go people we thank y'all for kicking it with us this again you know what I'm saying episode 46 always remember to chime in on social media chime in like us on Twitter and all those other um um platforms that we got going on yeah check out the, some of the past episodes and yeah share it with your people too you know what i'm saying yeah. let's get it passed around so uh we're gonna see you up episode 47 next week all right peace peace, peace.